This is the Blue, White and Yellow podcast from Leeds United Live, giving you the in-depth analysis on all the big talking points from Ellen Road. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue, White and Yellow with myself, Conor McGilligan, your multimedia and podcast producer and your Leeds United writer, Joe Donahue. Uh, it's the international break, so we've not got uh, that much packed out, but we will try pack out this uh, podcast for you guys. Um, JD, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, actually. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's It's been a while since I've been on, on the episode here uh, on the podcast. Um, so it's good to be back on. And yeah, good to good to chat after we uh, after we met up in the week and had a few bagels and a, and a little bit of a coffee and, and whatnot. Yeah, it was uh, good to see you again virtually. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to tell people about our little secret date, but there you go. Yeah, it, <laughs> it has been threes a crowd recently. It's been JD and Baron at the match. If you haven't checked uh, JD and Baron's post-match out for... Uh, the Leicester game, definitely go check that out. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of relevant stuff that's still on there. It was me and Baron earlier on that week, and now it's me and me and you. Uh, three definitely is a crowd, but Baron can't make it this week. Uh, but let's get into the, the 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 meat of it, mate. Obviously, there's been managerial sackings and managerial hirings this week, and and a lot of them are relevant to Leeds United because they're in and around Leeds United. And I know there's 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 a lot of Leeds fans talking about it as well. So four managers uh, have uh, been given the boot um, uh, so far this season, which is quite unusual. Obviously, Daniel Farker at Norwich, Dean Smith at Aston Villa, Bruce at Newcastle, and Cisco at Watford. Now. There's been some massive replacements there. Obviously, Dean Smith has now gone to Norwich. Steven Gerrard has gone to Aston Villa. Eddie Howe been appointed at Newcastle and Ranieri at Watford. I guess it's quite unusual with the amount of sackings and hirings, JD, but but what do you make of those um, managerial appointments? Do you think they've strengthened? Well, first of all, I think the four that have come in, I think that they'd make a great lineup on the chase. I think they've got a great <laughs> spread of... Great spread of knowledge there. Um, I think on on the whole, though, I, I do think that that I mean, you run the risk of going a bit stale, though. Sometimes, don't you, with yeah. um, with manager managerial appointments? But I think the one that I've got least faith in is probably uh, Dean Smith at, at Norwich. Um, really, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he, I mean he did well with Aston Villa. I think there's no doubt in that, getting them promoted and and keeping them in the Premier League. But um, I just I think Steven Gerrard has shown his, his coaching credentials at, at Rangers. Um, I think he's he's a, he's a good appointment. Eddie Howe has shown his coaching credentials at Bournemouth. Um, you know, getting them from League Two to to the Premier League, and I think that's the the, the aspect that quite a lot of people forget. Um, you know, they always remember the Bournemouth relegation where they, you know, they conceded a lot of goals. Um, I think Newcastle fans will have to get, I mean, they've, they've probably been used to conceding a lot of goals <laughs> over the past few years, but um, you know, I think that's. They, you know, that's the type of football that 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 they're going to want to see uh, is is attacking football, um, and yeah, who who was the the other one? I mean, Daniel Farker leaving Norwich um, is, yeah, I, I did think it was maybe going a little bit stale there. There was obviously whispers of maybe fallings fallings out with the likes of Todd Cantwell, so it'll be interesting to see whether he and the likes of Billy Gilmore come into the side, whether that changes things. Um, but Ranieri as well at at, at Watford. It's a very Watford appointment. It's <laughs> you know that is that that's, that screams of of the Pozzo family. You know, bringing in an old hand and trying to steady the ship. Yeah. Um, I'm still uh, jury's still out on him. I think um, you know the the Everton result, the five two was was a surprise, but 
you know, if there's one club that, that are going to fall to to defeat against a, a newly promoted team, it's probably going to be Everton, isn't it? Um, yeah. In such spectacular fashion at home. But um, yeah, I think the jury's still out on, on all of them, really. Um, mm. But I'd, I'd say I've probably got most faith in in um, in in Howe and, and Gerard to to maybe steer the ship in the in the right direction. Maybe not entirely clear of relegation trouble in Newcastle's case, but I think. Um, the, the 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 signs there are, are positive, I think at least. Yeah, we nearly saw the reintroduction as well of Frank Lampard at Norwich, which I know almost, oh, <laughs> which so I know close. a lot of leads. I was I was actually messaging a Norwich fan uh, who I know quite well, and I was saying, you know, if 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 you do come to Ellen Road with Frank Lampard as your boss, it won't just be it won't be leads against Norwich anymore. <laughs> It'll just be leads against Lampard for the full ninety minutes. So yeah, I thought that that, that was interesting how how that how that didn't come to the the fore, but but with them. With Dean Smith, it, it did seem, once again, I've heard a lot of Villa fans say that it became stale at Aston Villa. And, and you did get that sort of, as you just said, the same feeling with, with Daniel Farker. So it'll be fascinating to see how they do. So, so many managerial appointments in and around Leeds. So it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens there. But back on to Leeds United. We're not a, a general podcast. We are Leeds specific, obviously. And um, I've got on my notes here, international leads, because there's been a lot of appearances for our boys uh, across the globe. So we've had Leo Hjelder play for uh, Norway under 21s. He actually assisted the winner, as we know, um, JD. Uh, we were we were retweeting it and putting it everywhere the other night uh, against Azerbaijan for the under 20 uh, under 21s. Crescencio Somerville scored his first uh, Dutch goal against Gibraltar in their 7-0 win. Cody Drama featured um, for the England youngsters, as did Cresswell and Greenwood. We had Phillips play. Uh, we'll get on to Harry Kane's um, demolition job of Albania and San Marino in just a bit. Click Melier Cooper, who got an assist in the 2-0 win against Denmark, which was great to see. Daniel James, who grabbed an assist versus Belgium. Stuart Dallas now, Stuart Dallas against the Italians. Did you see when he winded up for that shot in about the 90, I think it was the 91st minute and it just went wide. I think actually I say it just went wide. I think it went wide by quite a bit, but I was going to say you're you're being very kind to it there (laughs) for that level of the shot. And I I also think you're being very kind to to Crescencio Somerville, you know, his first first goal for the 21s again against Gibraltar in a 7-0 win, you know, I mean, it's... You know, I think back, in, back in the day, you know, would have been would might not have been too far away from the Gibraltar twenty ones if I had a had a grandparent who who came from the old rock. But uh, no, no, it, fair play to them all for for doing them um, for for doing well during this these two weeks. And, and fingers crossed that none of them are returning with with knocks or injuries or, or anything like that because mm-hmm. could just could do without it. Um, it was it was funny actually. Um, before before we went before they all went away. Um, we were myself and, and some of the other journalists. We were speaking to Mark Jackson, the, the 23s coach, um, after the the Man United under 23s defeat. And I said, you know, Crescencio, he's, he's got his first call up to the Dutch under 21s. Is there anything that you're hoping he can he can bring back? And and, and Mark Jackson said, uh, yeah, I just hope he comes back fit. Um, so I thought that was quite, you know, a little sense, a little bit of a sense of humour after uh, after a narrow defeat. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's it's true. I mean, we need them back and we need them fit. God. Yeah. Um, and and also sharing that that Helder goal. Um, how can you tell that the international break has been a slow one? <laughs> <laughs> so we're sharing a goal from Norway's under twenty one. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it did, and it actually did really well on social. So you can tell a lot of Leeds fans are in the same bracket as we are. But um, obviously, we had the other two, Matthias Click, who who appeared uh, for Poland as well, and uh, Rafinha. Now, there's been a lot, a lot going going on with Rafinha during this international break. It seems like the entire Leeds sphere focuses on Rafinha for obvious reasons in the international break. But um, he's part of a pretty good team at the minute, isn't he, JD? Yeah, um, 11 wins, two draws, no defeats in 13 qualifying games for Brazil. That's It's a pretty good return, I think. Um, Rafinha's been there for five of those games now. I think the other night was his fifth cap. Um, two goals, two assists, still to his name. But I think that last month, the way that he announced himself, that's, he's kind of he's made his bed now with the Brazilian public. They are they're very much in his pocket. Um, saw him at, at the training session, uh, you know, posing for pictures with fans and, and that sort of thing. So he's very much a fan favorite now. But yeah, they're playing for a very good team. Uh, might need to see the dentist when he gets back, um, if if he's got back yet, because uh, yeah, Nicolas Otamendi didn't uh, didn't exactly give him easy treatment, did he? No, it was a, that was just a nuts game. If you don't know what we're referring to, it is uh, Brazil faced up against Argentina, or I should say Argentina against Brazil. And it was, uh, we both stayed up and watched it, you know, not together. We've only met once, uh, but it was, it was a, it was a fantastic uh, occasion, not in terms of the football, but just in terms of the spectacle. There was, I think there was, mm. it's, someone said something like it was, I think I read online, it was something like 42 fouls were committed. Fantastic. It was, South it was, America to a T. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And and actually, when we were talking about um, Brazil's record, you actually were just pre-pod there. You made a really good, um, just an observation about uh, Bielsa there, JD, when he was the, the coach of Argentina. First time for everything in, in that case. But um, <laughs> yeah, the, it's actually it's quite funny. I was looking at sort of seeing how, how, um, how well Brazil were doing in this qualification campaign for the World Cup. And it turns out that the team and the manager who um, qualified for a World Cup finals uh, from South America with the best record was actually Marcelo Bielsa with Argentina in, in 2002. His his Argentina team, uh, they got 43 points, if I'm not mistaken, in that qualification campaign. Uh, and at the moment, Brazil have got 35. So they need eight to match it, nine to beat it. Uh, and obviously Rafinha is 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 at the front and centre of that squad, which is is a quite neat little twist of fate, isn't it? Um, but yeah, they've got five games to get it. So based on their current records, I think you'd probably back them to do it, wouldn't you? Unless unless they start um, not calling people up to or you know your your Neymars, your Fabinhos, your Firminos, your Rafinhas to the um, to the remaining squads. And you know what? From a Leeds perspective, wouldn't be bothered about that. True. You know, keep them, keep them, keep them fit. Keep them in the UK, not jet lagged. I think we'll be fine with that. <laughs> Mate, I'm just trying to in my head think about that Bielsa 2002 Argentina team that would have been I Crespo, Batistuta. Would it have been Pablo Aymar, Pablo Aymar, Sorin, Zanetti, Pochettino. <sighs> Um, yeah, childhood JD, childhood Almeida, yeah, loads of them, yeah. And they <laughs> went out in the groups, they were favorite, they were joint favorites <laughs> with France. They went out in the groups, and Brazil of all teams went and won it, so yeah, yeah, yeah what a team they had as well. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, with the Rafinha chat, it's, it's, it's really fascinating because he's put his name on on the world stage now, but I was still delighted when he was taken off. He was taken off in, I think it was around about the 65th, 66th minute uh, against Argentina. But I, it was it was a double-edged sword, really, because I, want, I still wanted him to score and put his name out there and, and, and really, you know, 
to announce himself properly. I know he's done that, but against Argentina, he's such a massive game. But uh, I did want him taken off for selfish reasons as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there was any doubt of the reason why I was watching the Super Classico, as soon as he went off, the laptop got shut and I went straight to bed. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I've seen this game before. It's going to finish nil-nil. It did. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I wasn't really too interested about anything else, to be honest. Uh, I'd seen I'd seen him bleeding from the mouth, you know, the old godfather, look how they massacred my boy. And you know, that was uh, <laughs> just decided that that was, that was the time to call it a night. So thank you to, to Tichi, who's the, the Brazil coach, for, for hauling him off because I got an extra 20 minutes sleep. Yeah, definitely. Um, closer to home, England. Obviously, we've had Calvin Phillips featuring twice, which has been great to see. Against two... You do have to say, with the greatest of respect, substandard teams. Uh, but we, I guess, I guess the most interesting part of this is is Harry Kane, who was uh, completely out of form prior going to this. And, and I didn't really look at this JD, but it it almost was the perfect two games for Harry Kane seven. to get himself back into form. And 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 he he did that, didn't he? <laughs> was it seven goals in two games? Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine scoring seven goals in a week. Some good um, finishes. Some good finishes as well, by the way. Oh yeah, that overhead kick, sort of the little bicey that was against Albania. I mean, I was watching that, and it was kind of one of those where I'm half watching the game, and then I see that, and it's kind of just a wow. Shut my lap, shut my lap, shut the laptop off. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Good, good luck. Good luck to whoever's playing him next. Spools you the fixture list. I'll oh, just look who it is. It's Leeds. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see a direct correlation between scoring against Albania and, and San Marino to, to playing against, you know, Diego Llorente and Liam Cooper, but um, it's not ideal, is it? I mean, seven goals in a week, it's kind of the perfect sort of little starter to the main course that is the Premier League and a new manager as well. Yeah, and I think he's needed that as well, hasn't he? He's needed just a little bit of a flurry of goals. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll hope that we can keep him quiet on, on Sunday. Um, I mean... I'm not overly optimistic, but I mean, I think the the start to the the league campaign that he's had, you know, new manager coming in, he probably hasn't had an awful amount of time working with Conte. So mm. potentially, um, you know, you you just got to hope that there's not the new manager bounce. Um, although, you know, Spurs are a good team regardless. I mean, I, I know that there's been quite a lot of chatter around social media this week from Spurs fans where, you know, Antonio Conte's banned sources, you know, brown sauce, mayo, ketchup at the at the club. I don't. I really don't see that the you know if that's going to give you any marginal gains. But I mean, I think we've seen the likes of uh, Steven Bergwijn scored for the Netherlands the other night as well. Son has been on target for South Korea. Um, Harry Kane, obviously. So a lot of people have been taking the Mickey, saying what was in those sources because <laughs> now they've they've started scoring again. But um, not for Spurs on international duty they have. So the jury again, the jury's still out, and we'll have to wait until Sunday. So yeah, Conte might spring a surprise in his team selection. You never know. Are you a sauce man, JD? Am I a sauce man? Uh, I'm, it depends. I'm very particular. I'm not. I'm not someone to to, to lather it on. I, I, I'm particular. <laughs> if it's if it's a sausage sarni, I'll be I'll be sticking a bit of red sauce on there. But oh, you oh you gone with you gone with red? Yeah, I know. I, I know some people are brown, but I'm not. I don't know. Browns just doesn't always sit right with me. I think sausage sarni, red sauce, you can never go wrong. But sometimes brown sauce a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit of brown on a bacon bap. But yeah, you know, who knows? I think that's I think that's given it. But I, I would be fume. Uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with brown sauce. Really, obsessed really, with brown it's a sauce. Yeah, it's a it's a problem. So I, I'd really struggle with Conte's regime down there. I think I think or uh, with Capello's England at the 2010 World Cup. <laughs> you know, what is it with Italian coaches? They just don't like sauce. Yeah, yeah. It's always the Italians, yeah. Maybe uh, we should take note, but there you go. Um, I mean, some big news, JD, that we've not touched on. 
Declan Rice uh, wasn't able to take part in the international setup for England. I mean, there was one obvious name to replace him, really, wasn't there? Um, Adam Forshaw after his performance against Leicester. I, I was I was sort of expecting that, but it didn't happen. You had me. You had me going there. I was thinking, Declan Rice, where's this going? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, if Forshaw continues with those performances, I think the next the next port of call will be a new contract. Never mind an England call up. But um, yeah, on Forshaw, I, I don't know if you and Baron have discussed this in, in previous weeks, um, but I know we did um, myself and Baron at the match after Leicester. But you know, I think it's. He, he gave an interview afterwards, didn't he, where he said, you know, the international break is, is come at possibly the worst time for me because I just want to get a run of games now. I want to get a, a run under my belt. And and y- you love to see that because, you know, it's it's a case of, you know, he's come through that 90 minutes or 89 or however many played. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's raring to go for the next one. He's, not, he's got no no pain. He's symptom-free. It's Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's looking good. So, yeah, maybe, maybe not an England call-up, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, hopefully we'll see him involved more more frequently. Definitely. And we will get on to Spurs at the end of the show, so make sure you stick around for that. Leeds United under-23s against Mansfield, JD. We've had that during the international break. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, um, they got a win, finally. Seven games uh, without without a win. Um, so it was nice to see the lads get that. I mean, half the squad's away on youth international duty. So, you know, you had your, your Lewis Bates, Sam Greenwoods, Cody Drummer, Charlie Creswell. Um, Joe Gellhart wasn't wasn't available. He's, he's still coming back from a slight knock. Um, so, you know, there was there was there was quite a young team out there. Um, I, I was very impressed with with Harry Christie in goal. Um, he made quite a quite a lot of saves um, in in Danny van den Heuvel and Christopher Klassen's absence. Um, so, yeah, I mean, two one. Um, it was they had to work for it, and I think that was you know they, they got their awards, which perhaps they haven't got in recent weeks. Uh, Max Dean got the second goal. Sean McGurk got the opener. They, they assisted each other, so that was nice of for, to see from them. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good to see them get three points on the board. It wasn't in the PL2, it was in the the Premier League Cup. Um, and I know these competitions for the 23s can be hard to keep track of, believe me. Um, but they are, they're out of the EFL trophy, which is also the Papa Johns. Um, they're still in the PL Cup with Sunderland, Wigan and Mansfield in their group. Uh, and then they play tomorrow actually, um, in PL2, which is their league competition against uh, Chelsea up at Thorpe Arch. So, yeah, it's the, the the games are coming thick and fast, put it that way. But yeah, good to see them get another win on the board because it would have been, I think it was September the last time they won. So, yeah, that'll be quite a relief for them. It must be so difficult as well for Mark Jackson with with the you know the 23s being such a large feature of our first team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it happens most weeks. You know, you'll see two or three changes at half time um, because they're on this thing called managed managed minutes, where the um, you know, you the the, the standout names, that the ones who've been there all of last season and and uh, you know are on the bench most weeks. They'll typically uh, get forty five minutes or sixty minutes. You know, there'll be instructions from above for, for how long Mark Jackson can can let them play for. So. Um, it's yeah. It's it's not always uh, it's not always conducive to to holding on to leads when you've got to bring you know a lot you know under 18s on at half time effectively. So um, yeah, it can't be easy. But it was it was nice to see them get get a win. And there was a few younger lads in there as well. James DeBeo uh, at centre half. He he was quite good. Uh, and, and Archie Gray in the middle was was also quite uh, quite impressive. Archie Gray, yeah, remember the name. Fifteen, isn't he? Is he fifteen or sixteen? Ah, uh, he's he's one of the two, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's one of the eighteens, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So what else did we see this week? Well, we saw Andrea Radrazzani uh, was pictured with Parag Marath uh, taking a picture saying talking football and more football. Now, this leads me on to talking about the 49ers enterprise increasing their stake to 44% uh, at Leeds United. So, I mean, an increased stake. A lot of Leeds United fans got very, very excited about that. That A lot of Leeds, Leeds fans were then talking about January investment and which led on to summer investment, of course. But JD, what's the, the, the lowdown on that really? Yeah, so I mean, the, the 49ers increased their stake from around sort of 36, 37% to, to 44%, which means that um, that 49ers Enterprises own almost half of the club. Radrizani's Acer Ventures, which is his holding company, they own 56% still, so they're still uh, the majority shareholder. Um, but uh, the the sort of the, the cash injection or, or the capital injection, um, is probably the more appropriate term for it, um, that, that's come into the club as a result of the, the share issue. Um, or the sort of the transfer of shares that that's the, the t- typically that that sort of um, that sort of injection is, is used for sort of infrastructure development rather than going on more volatile expenses such as your your wages or your your transfer fees so it would, I think it would be quite unlikely that we see you know that that sum of money that that's come in from you know the you know the, the purchase of more more uh, more interest in the club um more, more of a holding in the club, rather. Um, I think it would be unlikely that that would be spent on transfers in, in January, especially because we know what the, the club's stance towards January transfers are. Um, I think Jean-Kevin Augustin's kind of completely kiboshed that for the foreseeable future. But um, yeah, it's it, it's positive, I think. You know, it's it's more it's more investment for 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 the club it's more it's more money for the coffers um it's i i think you could probably make an educated guess that it would probably go towards you know the the development plans that are in place around ellen road um you know that's something which is going to cost a lot a lot you know a hell of a lot of money um so um you know it's going to need to be funded and um you know radrizani's personal wealth perhaps isn't enough so that's why you need to look for, for outside investment. So I think, um, you know, the, the, mess- the messaging is still the same. The plans are very, still very much the same. I think it's just a formality of, you know, getting that funding into, into the club as, as a vehicle um, to, to, to invest in, in, in the infrastructure around Leeds United, which I think is, is, is overwhelmingly positive because it, you know, it brings the club into, you know, the, the, the 21st century, it brings it into the 2020s, you know, it's, it's, it's you know it's bringing the club up to speed with with some of the other some of the other sides in in the division that we're now playing in. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's positive. Um, I, I did like the picture that that Radritani posted with Parag because the the old caption talking football and more football. Obviously, a nice little play on words there because obviously the 49ers play American football. I mean, I think you'd categorize that one as a dad joke. I don't know. I think Radrizani <laughs> is a dad, isn't he? So I think that's probably where, where he's got that from. But yeah, he was wearing his his nice lilac away kit in what looked like San Francisco, uh, yeah. judging by the, the the sunlight in that picture. But um, yeah, I think it's it's positive that they've, they're actually getting some, uh, some, some, some dialogue where it's not. Over, I, thought over just, Zoom. I, thought, I thought you were going to say some sun then. <laughs> I could tell you what we could do with some sun. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah it's, uh, it just goes to show that it was the second most productive Leeds United related um, meetup uh, of the week, <laughs> obviously after ours, Connor. So um, yeah, hopefully they got as much done as we did, but um, yeah, good to see, good to see it happen. Yeah. Definitely. We didn't get a picture though, did we? And didn't put a cheeky caption on there, but um, there you go. But uh, yeah, with regards to 
the San Francisco, you know, the 49ers enterprise. Do you just see that being a thing going forward then, JD, with regards to even the changing of the hands? I'm, I'm not saying that the 49ers are going to be the, 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 the next majority owners of Leeds United, but do you just continually, continuously see them increasing their stake? Um, I mean, it's what they've done so far. They've gone from around 15% to 36% to, to 44%. So, um, you know, making an educated guess would, would be to, to say that. But Rodrizani has never said that he's want, he's looking to step away or he wants to step away. He's still very much involved in the in the day-to-day of, of taking Leeds United forward. So I think we'd, you know, we'd keep him at his word. We trust him at his word. Um, after all, he did predict Adam Forshaw coming back into the team, didn't he? But um, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll we will, you know, take him at his, take him at face value. You know, he's he's he doesn't seem intent on stepping away. You know, the the directors that were announced at the end of last season, Peter Lowry and Sandro Mancucci, and I think it's Massimo Mirabelli. Um, I think they were they were you know people that Rajasani brought in. So um, I don't think anything would sort of indicate that. It's looking to change hands or anything like that. I think that the 49ers enterprises, uh, their involvement is, is purely from sort of an investment perspective because you know Premier League clubs are are a, you know they're they're an asset to to have a, have a stake in, and um, you know successful business people, su- successful sports business people like Parag and, and the 49ers, um, you know it's you, you want to be getting in on the ground floor of a club who are who on the basis of last season anyway were definitely on the up and up. Yeah, and I've got a feeling. With regards to infrastructure and and the ground developments, we're going to see a stadium this weekend, which is a it's a, it's a nice sort of um, transition into what we're going to be t- talking about next. But the, the stadium that we're going to see this weekend really is top draw. Um, I mean, I think it's even top draw in comparison to, to your old Traffords and, and stadiums of the like, which are seen to be you know the top ones of the modern era. But the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is where Leeds United are, are, are going on Sunday. I don't know who the pressure's on more, JD, to be honest. Probably Tottenham because, you know, Leeds did get the draw at Leicester, which was a positive result for us. I mean, I've got things bullet, bulleted down here, mate, and we'll get onto it. But how are you feeling just generally about this game? Well, I mean, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium's got a cheese room, but we've got the cheese wedge. So, I mean, you know, who wins <laughs> you, there? You've written that down. No, I've not written it down. No, it's just, <laughs> come on, no, no prep. It's all off the cuff here, isn't it? Um, no, I, I think who's the pressure on the most? Um, depends, really. Who I think the chef, the press food, the expectations are going to be extremely high. So, mm. pressure's on, on the catering staff at Spurs. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, the pressure never seems to be fully on Leeds and Bielsa though really does it I mean because the I think the, the, the entire fan base still trusts in the process so and and when you think about where does pressure come from you know it comes from initially the fan base or from from you know the, the media and you know the, I think everybody's still singing from the same hymn sheet for Leeds um, I think pressure is probably the wrong term for, for, for Conte and Spurs I think there'll be expectation there'll be intrigue there'll be people wanting to see a reaction they'll they want to see that new manager bounce you know putting on a show uh, at, uh, in in his first home game, um, I don't know whether you'll get it. I think it's um, you know we know how laborious that Conte can be. You know he, he works his players to to the bone. Um, I think it'll be a very arduous fixture. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I mean the tactical elements. I'm, I'm not really sure. Yet. I haven't really delved into them. I'm planning on doing that over the next couple of days. But um, yeah, I, I think it's pressure is probably the wrong the wrong word, but. I think it's a game where people will be quite interested to see because, I mean, yeah, new manager, Conte's been very successful, but equally, he's been in the audience of a, of a Bielsa guest of honour sort of tactical um, 
seminar in 2015. So I think those pictures have been floating around a little bit. So um, yeah, I think uh, it'll be a, a meeting of minds is what I'd say for, for this game. Sounds like a great podcast title. Um, meeting of minds, yeah. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, it's, it is interesting, isn't it? Because with regards to this game, you know, I mean, they've got they've got a few players who've had knocks as well. It looks like Romero's got either yep. a thigh injury or a groin injury. You'll be able to elaborate on that. Hoiberg, um, they're not 100% sure about his fitness as well. Oliver Skip's got a, he's, he's suspended for this one. And, and Son did pick up a knock, but he also came out on social media and said he was fine, which when I saw that news and he said, yeah, Son's picked up a knock on international duty, I got very excited, but he came out and, as you say, kibosh those uh, those those rumours, so it looks like he'll be fit. So, yeah, I mean, he's been without his... I mean, he's had two weeks, really, to train with them, but he's, but he's not because they've all been away on international duty. So is that is that a big factor? Um, I mean, to, to instill your, your ideas and how you want to play, it's probably better if you've got all the players that are actually going to be playing on the pitch. Um, but I think in terms of the, the basic principles, I think you'd be able to instill them in a, in a couple of days, which you will have had, considering that from probably about today, tomorrow and Saturday, if they're in, um, they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be working um, with, with the new manager. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, Romero, he went off in the Super Classico, didn't he? Um, he, he was taken off around 50, 55 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll obviously need to be assessed. Um, probably probably unlikely that he plays. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going off how Bielsa treats injuries there. I'm not really well-versed in how Antonio Conte treats his, his players um, when, they're, when they're sort of they're coming back from injury or coming back from international duty. But... Um, I'd say it's probably unlikely that he'll play, depending on the severity of that injury, and you know having to to come across across the globe to to get back and and then get treatment. Um, you, you'd probably imagine that he won't be um, he won't be in uh, you know th- those those sessions where you're going to be learning the the way that Conte wants him wants the team to play. So um, yeah, I think I think you know Spurs are. I mean, we all know that they've got very talented players, even if they've got a few out. You know, they've they showed against I think it was Newcastle and Vitesse in the um in the Premier League and then the Europa Conference League last month or the month before. They fielded one eleven against Newcastle and then a few days later they fielded another separate eleven against Vitesse. Um, you know, they've got immense depth. So I think whoever that is absent for them, there'll be a there'll be a ready replacement. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, what's your what's your stance on on going in to it for like predictions wise? Because I mean, it's a difficult one. Is it is it the best time to play a Conte team, or is it the worst possible time? You know, yeah, you know, hasn't had hasn't got his feet under the table, hasn't had the opportunity to to instill those principles into his players in the same way that he would if if they'd been there for three months. Um, you know, is I don't know. Is it is it a better time? Is it a worse time? I'm I'm kind of torn between the two, to be honest. Yeah, I'm a little bit more enthusiastic. If we if we if we're to look at this game and the Brighton game, I'm definitely more enthused by this one. Which I don't know what that's come from, to be honest. Like you've said, maybe it's two weeks without the Spurs squad. This Spurs squad in general, who I'm I'm not really convinced by. So, with that regard, I think he's got a lot to do, JD. He's got a lot to do with that side. I think there's there's a few mentality issues down there as well. And the last time we played them. I thought Leeds were excellent, you know, the 3-1 victory. And I guess that's something I wanted to touch on as well. And, and you know, we'll get to predictions, obviously. But the last two times we played them, it was a bit, it was really disappointing, I thought, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Because I thought for about 25, 30 minutes, Leeds were in it. 
And then obviously mm. we had we had the penalty decision, which yeah. you know was 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 controversial. I can't remember if that was the first or second goal, but it seemed to all sort of go away from Leeds. And 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 if if I'm not mistaken, JD, was that one of Mourinho's first games as well? Oh, uh, no, I, I think it was. It was, it was the. It, was it not the earliest stage? No, I think it was sort of come, maybe coming towards the middle or towards the end because right, then okay. it was Ryan Mason in charge for the game at Ellen Road, wasn't it? Um, mm. he'd he'd gone by. I think Mourinho had gone by that point in April, May time. But I think um, we. I think what we saw with the Ryan Mason side, in in my personal opinion, was a few players, obviously, really not playing for him. And I, Antonio Conte just simply won't stand for that, will he? No, I don't think he will. He doesn't seem like the the mellow <laughs> figure, you know, <laughs> that's going to stand for that. Um, I tell you what, though, the 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 three one game at Ellen Road. That was a great game for Patrick Bamford and Jani Alioski, who are both <laughs> both players who who may or may not play, I think, depending on Bamford. Um, obviously, we'll hear from Bielsa tomorrow on on the injured players. Hopefully, some good news on that on him and Aileen and and Joe mm-hmm. Gellhart and Junior Firpo, the players who haven't gone away with their countries um, and and stayed at, at Firpo. Firpo put a, a social post out as well, didn't he? Saying back soon, I think. Well, that's 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 positive. I mean. You know he's not he's not a doctor, so I mean I think we'll we'll wait until <laughs> we'll wait until Bielsa has to to say his, say his piece. But um, yeah, I think hopefully we can get some good news on that because it would be good to have a full squad. We haven't had a full squad so far this season, I don't think. Um, you know when you think about the first game of the season, Calvin was on the bench um, mm. because he wasn't fully fully bit fit back from the Euros. Um, so yeah, it'd be good to have a, a full team to pick from, including Forshaw, who obviously for the entirety of last year wasn't available. Well, well, JD, I just want to touch on that as well. And maybe it's, I know a lot of Leeds fans are getting excited at the minute, but sort of a very defensively aware midfielder in Adam Forshaw next to Calvin Phillips for a sustained period. We we haven't seen it really um, under Marcelo Bielsa. How excited should we be if Adam Forshaw is to remain fit about these two being that partnership in central midfield? Do you think this could be... A whole new, a whole new Leeds United midfield. <laughs> oh, I think it would be it would be imprudent to use a very Bielsaism um, to say that you know we can expect those two to sort of anchor the midfield, given the fact that we know Forshaw's had his injury troubles over the past few years. You know, it, I don't think straight away we can put that slap that expectation on him and say you know we want him to to, to sit in front of Calvin Phillips. Um, and and just really stabilise that that middle of the pitch mm. um, because you know especially this Christmas period you know, there's going to be games every three days so it's you, you are thinking you know there's going to need to be a healthy amount of rotation in there just to protect him so that he is going to be available for, for for important games but yeah I mean it's it's a positive you know full stop um, that that he is available that he's he's somebody who Bielsa looked at before the Leicester game and said. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to leave Click on the bench. I'm going to put Forshaw mm. in from the start and and see how he does. And, and he obviously lasted 90 minutes, came through unscathed. Um, I, I did. I'm, I'm going to completely veer off here, but it's in my head, and I do need to get it off my chest. Not but about the bagels, is it? Not about the bagels. No, okay. it's about uh, it's about the friends reunited. As soon as I mentioned Alioski there, being in my head, what came back was uh, Ilan Melier and, and Alioski's their little embrace at uh, a hotel. In, in North Macedonia, strange, very weird blokes, I think, but very funny. <laughs> you know, very. I, I like that. I, I like the. I think it was. You know, Alioski is 
at least half Melier's height, and then you just get the booming voice of the the young Frenchman just going "mon bébé" and <laughs> kisses Alioski on the head, and you think, "What goes on in that changing room?" Honestly, but I, I thought it was quite quite funny, quite quite um quite a chance encounter, really, wasn't it? Because uh, the French and the twenty ones were in Macedonia for uh, or North Macedonia for for a for a game against them, and and Alioski was. Was was obviously staying in the same hotel with the, the senior North Macedonia team who just secured a, a playoff spot for for the World Cup. So, yeah, I think it would have been good vibes, good vibes only from from there. Sorry, I've just completely veered off on that. that <laughs> point. I had to get that in. Anybody who hasn't seen that video, definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah, it's just uh, strange noises with that. Feel good. Yeah, but what, what else would you expect from Alioski? You know. <laughs> But it's like it's like Melier is adapted to him as well. Whenever he sees him, it's just strange noises. But there That's you go. Friendship. That's friendship. You know, they've yeah. got a good working relationship. I'm, I've got no issues with that. And the changing room must be very, very different without that sort of thing in there. Which probably yeah, quite fascinating, yeah. fascinating to see the comparison. Definitely. So, okay. So prediction time. Ah, my favorite oh, time of the week. Yeah, the, the, the best I haven't got one right week. yet. By the way. This no, season, not a single you, one, right? I, I know you haven't. I haven't either, and neither has Baron. But I think we nearly got it. We nearly got it for the West Ham game, but uh, I no, we didn't. We didn't. I literally don't think we've got a single one right. So, uh, hopefully, this one can be the, the week where we get it right. <laughs> so, or, or everybody else can just stay tuned so they can find out what the result will not be. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, either or. <laughs> Here we go. So, JD, I'm obviously going to come to you first because I never want to stick my neck out first and I'm the host. So, you know, I just come to, to the guest all the time. So yeah, what, it's what... an occupational hazard of being the guest, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it is, I'm yeah. going to go with, because I just think, you know, Spurs are a very, very good team. Um, mm. they're in, their personnel, especially in depth, is um, is 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 very impressive. Um, yeah, they haven't been in form, but they're at home. Um it's Leeds in London. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, and yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a very very competitive, but uh, a disappoint. Um, no, not a disappointing defeat. Uh, uh, a defeat which gives you a little bit of hope. But I'm gonna go with two one to Spurs. So it's better than last season. It's not gonna be a three niller, but I do think it'll be. I do think they'll probably just just have that that little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And we will leave it there. So, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Come on. So Come on. we've gone. We've gone. You say two one. Yeah. And I, in a strange sort of way, I'm never happy when Leeds lose. Obviously, but um, if if we were to go out, that sort of defeat wouldn't bother me, and it'd probably inspire me a little bit for Brighton the week afterwards. So that that would be good. And I'm I'm gonna go with a two two. But oh, okay. But and this is where, in fact, I don't know if I should say this. I, I've got a, a vision of how it. I've got a vision of how it's going to go, and I feel like everyone's just going to be really annoyed with 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 how I say this. But I can see Leeds actually going two and a lot. Which that's the two two scenario you don't want. You want yeah. to get two nil down and then come back to two two because then it feels like three points. And we're going to leave it there, guys. Thank you so much once again for tuning in to the Blue, White and Yellow. As I've said before, we're actually upping our podcast to two a week, which is fantastic news. You'll be able to get your audio-based show post every single Leeds United game and a midweek bonus episode on top of that. So make sure you're staying clocked in with the Blue, White and Yellow. I will be doing a audio-based show with Baron Cross after the Spurs games. Make sure you tune in for that review. And guys, we will see you in a bit. Cheers.